And don't feel pressure. If you can't do it, we get it. That's all good. And we'll do whatever we can to help you. But we want to provide things that will help you get the life that you've been believing God for, that you can be a witness to the world. I want to talk today about big, about how big God is. And I mean, God is just huge. So I want to I want to go on just sometimes I think we just think ah, it's just God. Church is just church and and it is just this way. And, ah, you know, we just kind of coast through life or just as long as we're not having any bumps in the road, life is good and all that. But I'm just saying we serve a big God. And my my friends, there's more than what, you know. There's more than what we have. There's more. And I'm not talking about stuff. I'm just talking about presence and power. Wouldn't it be great if we could say, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to tell pastor about that. And I'm going to have him come to Bob Evans and pray for this person. If they're ever here again, he can, you know what? God will anoint you. You don't have to come and tell me. I mean, I'm glad to do it. But I'm just saying that same Jesus in me is Jesus in you. And he's a big God. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, he's big. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 in the, in the New Living Translation. It says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. We all like to be close to God. I want to be close to him. And this is David. David said, I hunger and thirst for him. And we read some of that stuff. And here's the thing in our minds. We think, oh, it's time to go to church. If I don't go to church, what will people think? Pish posh. I mean, this is what we got to get our mindset. Quit worrying about what people think. You get to come to church. You don't have to come to church. Well, if I don't go to church, what will they do? Well, we'll keep having church whether you come or not is what we'll do. But you know what I'm saying? It's not based it, because then we're into works. We got to understand this has got to be a thirst. I, I got to go. I, I want to go. I want to go. How many have kids that just like, I got to go to church? You know, so it is one of those things. When my mom and dad got saved, we went to church. I didn't have a choice. Because my mama was going to take me in my PJs. You're either getting up and going to church or you're going with your horsey pajamas on. And nobody wants to see me in my horsey pajamas. So, you know. I, we went to church and, and I learned about God, sometimes not in my favor. I just I'm not going to I will not learn. But you know what? Some of that stuff soaks in because you hear it enough. I want to hunger and thirst for him. Let me give you some stats about thirst. One percent deficiency creates thirst. Five percent deficiency creates a fever. Eight percent deficiency. The glands stop producing saliva and the skin starts to turn blue. 10%, you become weak and, and can't walk. At 12%, it could bring death. That's just thirst. You can lose up to two glasses of water while you sleep, and when you wake up, you're already thirsty. The psalmist said this, my soul thirsts for you. You see, that's the thing. When we really start connecting with God, have you ever had something, especially holidays, come on, have something and somebody makes something and it's ooey, gooey, rich and chewy inside golden tender golden flaky outside wrap the inside and the outside is it good darn tootin doing the big fig here's the tricky part the big fig one more time no i won't okay i'm done but what i'm telling you is you ever have something somebody just makes and you're like oh jesus would eat this and you're telling yourself, I am not going to eat anymore. I am not going to eat anymore. I am not going to eat anymore. I am not going to I won't eat anymore. That's what happens when we get to know God. We start finding out how great and big God is. Then we want more. 
You know, Carmen put out a song, Addicted to Jesus. A to J. My kids did a dance for that when they were little. It was really cool. But the prom, the premise of that whole song and the promise of that song is once we get a little bit of God, we got to have more of that. You see, the woman at the well said, this guy knows all about me. Where can I get that water that, that I don't thirst anymore? If you love God, you're always going to live a life of thirst. Not in a bad way, but in a way that says, i got to have me some more of that. You know what I'm saying? Come on, tap your neighbor and say, oh, he's big. I'm saying God is a big God. I can never get enough of him. We can't ever have all of God because there's no end to him. But what happens if we would give God all of us? What happens if we finally said, God, you can have this addiction. God, you can have this problem. God, you can have this marriage. God, I give you my children. Come on. If we would give God all of us. When we walk with God, we always want to walk in faith. But that's going to take some trust. In other words, faith is the evidence of things. We can't see it yet. We believe we see it before we see it. But, I mean, you're going to have to see it in the spirit before you see it in the natural. How many had a mother? (laughs) Did I have a mother? I don't don't. I, I grew up in a good home. My mom and dad, they're, they're here today. But my, my mom would tell me stuff. I'd ask her questions. I was a curious boy. I'd ask her questions. And she would say this, because I said so. And I would want another answer. Would I get it? No. She'd say, because I said so. That's why. But why? Because I said so. And if I'd ask my dad, he'd say, go ask your mother. Mom had me do stuff. That I don't, to this day, don't really understand. Eat liver. Why? Because I said so. Nobody should have to eat liver. She also gave me, this is true, Bronswagger on crackers. They serve that in hell. They do. Stale crackers. You go down, if you ever get to visit hell, they're going to have some Bronswaggers right over there. Go ahead. Help yourself. All you want. Now, when I'm talking about Vernon Elementary School, I was, you know, First through fifth grade. We were back back in the day. We didn't have these little coolers that you kept everything all cool and nice and you could pack anything you want. No. We had brown paper sacks. Thus, brown bagging it came from that. You put brown swagger on a cracker and put it in a brown pepper bag and put it on a shelf and let it sit there for five hours and you got poo in a bag. And it smells like poo in a bag and it puts little grease marks on your brown paper bag. And when you open it and people leave the table and go, what is that? And you're going, I don't don't know. It's no wonder I got in so many fights on the way home. You're going to have to trust God. He's so big. There are going to be things that are way past where you're at. Now, I don't know that God will ever give you Bronswagger. But my mom would say things. You're just going to have to trust me because I said so. What if we would just take God for his word? If we, you know, sometimes I just don't understand. My mom would tell me different things. Don't do that. Why? Because I said so. And I would have to just, instead of understanding her, I just have to stand under it. I don't even understand why, but then later I'd find out why. And it made sense, but she didn't want to take time to explain it to me then because I probably wouldn't have listened. Say amen to that. What if God's trying to tell you something, but you ain't listening? He's trying to download something to him. You're like, nah, I've lived my life sometimes thinking I'm smarter than God. That's not a good thing. 
Instead of getting mad or frustrated about trying to figure out the stuff God created, maybe we should just forget about trying to figure out God and that stuff or just say, God, I'll just trust you. Here's our first thought this morning. And I got this from Elf because I just like this word. He's ginormous. <laughs> He's ginormous. God is so big. He's always higher than our ways and thoughts are higher than ours. And, and the Bible says he's unsearchable. If you look that up in the Greek, that means you can't find it. You can't find it. God is so deep. The only way that we can have the connection with God is when we get born again, when we get saved. His spirit connects with ours. His Holy Spirit gets with you. And that's how he downloads his thoughts, his mysteries, his secrets. It's by the spirit you're connected. You are a three-part being. You're a body, soul, and spirit. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your body is the shell in which houses your spirit. When you get saved, your spirit is what gets saved. If you cussed like a sailor before you got saved, you're probably going to cuss like a sailor as soon as you got saved. Maybe. Because it's a process. That's hard to say, isn't it? Well, it's not hard to say, but sometimes it's like, oh, we think that once we're saved, we're just, boop, you're holy. Well. That ain't always right. <laughs> I'm just, this is, a, this, we're going to have, we're going to have a good time today. I was, I was with a nationally known speaker. I, you know, I was talking to him and he, this is what happened in his service. Some guy came down front and, uh, and he got saved, got born again, just got born again. I mean, just gave his heart to the Lord and, and they were excited and they said, bro, let's call him brother Smith. Brother Smith, we're so excited about that. We're so excited. He said, yeah, I was diagnosed. The doctor said, I've got cancer and I, I don't have long to to live and I, you know what do I do and and the guy said the the altar worker said brother you got to curse that cancer that guy grabbed that mic and said cancer you beep 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 and just just start walking around and I mean he's using some four letter colorful words and the ushers are like get the mic get the mic I mean this is going on national broadcast well you know and they're like oh listen to me he don't know no better the only thing God saved was his spirit. And he hadn't had time to really make that connection other than God saying, boom, you're saved. You see, sometimes we got to understand God is so big. He's so huge. I would have liked to have seen that service. <laughs> he is the alpha, the omega. He's the beginning and the end. Let's get this right real quick, right up front. God doesn't put diseases and death on his kids. It's not God. If you are experiencing, listen, if it's related to stealing, killing, or destroying, it's of the enemy. It's not of God. And if the enemy's trying to tell you it's of God, well, God's doing that to teach you a lesson. You need to get into the book because he's lying to you. God works by covenant. So let's go on. I'm a husband. I'm a pastor. I'm a father. I'm an uncle. I'm a brother-in-law. You know, I've got all of these different hats and life, it can come at you in a whole bunch of different ways. And sometimes we have to go, okay, which hat am I now? Am I the, am I the protector? Am I the, you know, yeah, what do I do? So we have to understand there's some things that we have to stand under. Scientists are doing this now. They're admitting they don't understand everything. They're, they're figuring out that they haven't got everything figured out. They're looking at stuff and they're letting whatever they're looking at teach them. 
Have you ever got a puppy and you don't name the puppy first? You play with it for a little while and see what happens. You know, if it's doing something and you're like, oh, he's so cute. If he, you know, like Kim's little dog walks with a, a little skip. She just, we should have called her Skippy, but we call her Libby. But I mean, you sometimes <laughs> you'll watch a dog or whatever and you'll go, oh, come here, Ornery. <laughs> whatever you're going to call the dog, but you'll watch it. You'll let it teach you what you want to call it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, have you ever been somewhere where you can't see the forest through the trees? You've done something, you're, you're lost something. I'm looking for a contact, and you, boy, it's right here. And then somebody walks up, you've been looking for 20 minutes, and goes, it's right there. Because you got a fresh set of eyes, and you almost are like, I've been staring at that 20 minutes. Can I slap you? I mean, you're glad you found it, but it's like, come on. It's been there all along. You see, God has got some things he wants to show you, but you can't see them because he's big. And you've got to listen to what he's telling you, and he's going to give you some new eyes. When scientists finally figure, they think they figure it out, then whatever they're watching does something different. Then they've got to create a new theory. Well, that's not right. They get new equipment, bigger microscopes, bigger telescopes to discover new things. They study matter as a particle and and they study it as a wave and half of them say it's a particle and the other half say it's a wave and then they figure out, well, yeah, it is a particle. Well, yeah, it's a wave and they're both right. They discovered this. If you set two electrons in motion in the same energy field and move them apart and they touch one and change the direction of the other one, the other one moves instantly, whether it's 50 feet apart or 500 miles apart. They don't understand it, but they accept it. They're baffled by it, but they're like, okay. I don't know how that works, but it's okay. They accept it. What if you and I were set in the same motion, in the same energy field? The Bible says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in... What if they're doing some things in heaven... And we are set in that same energy field and we start doing some things here on earth. We might be baffled by it. But some of us would be like, I'm just accepting it because I don't know how that happened. If they're bowing on heaven, maybe you're in a service and all of a sudden you you feel like, I don't know, I just feel like bowing. I was in a service. I was just on staff. I don't even, like to this day, I, I just remember this. I was talking with a guy, we were at the altar, and, you know, and I was going to pray for this guy, and so this is during service. And so it's not normal. When have I been normal anyway? So it's not normal. And he's talking to me, and this is what's going on in my mind. I, this is why I just feel like the Lord said, boy, you just need to run. You just need to run. I'm talking to him, and he's like, Pastor, I just need you to pray for me, and I just want you to pray, and run. And, you know, and it's all good. But inside, I'm like, and so finally I just said, well, and I just took off. And he's just like, and I'm running around the auditorium. Now, I'm doing this in front of my boss. I'm probably thinking, okay, I'm going to get fired. Or, you know, the deacons, they're all going to be like, I don't know about that, Brad. He's just something. I don't know. I come back around. I'm thinking, you got that out of my system. And I start talking to the guy again. He's like, what was that about? I, and I did it twice. Why? I don't understand, but I'm going to stand under it. I mean, it, was, it didn't disrupt the service, but things started happening. I mean, like 
Spiritual things started happening. Like people started just falling out and things were going on. And I'm like, nobody's touching them. I mean, just like people are starting, you know, whoo, they got healed. Nobody laid hands on them. What would happen if we would start believing for this big God? What if we said, you know, God, let us be a church. Help me, Jesus. Where revival comes and people get healed and delivered and set free. Let, let Marion, instead of being addicted to heroin, be addicted to Jesus. Let's let something happen where bonds just break off people and people start going, you know, I don't, I don't understand it. But all I know is silver and gold, have I not? Such I have, I give thee. And he went walking and leaping. Sometimes God is just so big in you, your body can't take it. I've been in services where I'm like, I'm not comfortable. I like things neat and orderly. And I don't like people jerking and shaking. I don't. I've seen it. I've seen it when I've prayed for people. I've seen it when other people. But, you know, does it make you comfortable? No. I would look at people and be like, they're shaking. Why are they shaking? I'm not shaking. And it's stuff inside you start like, how come I'm not shaking? How come they're shaking and I'm not shaking? What's the deal going on with that? I asked God about stuff like that with Kim. Did you know I have a leg that weighs what Kim weighs? I'll let you catch up with that in a minute. And one of the things that God said is, is like my, my body can handle more glory than her body can. It's just sturdier. <laughs> In ways, I'm not saying inside, I'm just saying the framework, okay? It's more stable, more foundation. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, but all kinds of stuff. I'm being like, and I remember looking at this person shaking. And I remember turning to Kim saying, that's really bothering me. And she's, and I don't like that. What I'm telling you is, what if something's happening in the same energy field? In heaven. And I remember asking her, does that hurt? And she said, no. (laughs) That's true. I've watched. Now I know it's 1152. I got two more points. Oh, dear God, I'm so excited. I watched. And there's other people that watch this happen too. There was a pew. You know, well, we have chairs, but you know, pews are, you know what a pew is, right? It's not a smell. It's a, it's a bench. And there was a woman. She was like 70-some years old. And she was an older, smaller lady. And I, and I went to pray for her. And she just stiffened like this. And just went back. Well, there was nobody back there to catch her. Now, I'm thinking, I've just killed her. Because I prayed for her. And she's going to go over and she's going to die or something. <laughs> going to get hurt on the way down there's nobody there to catch her. i was trying to catch her and the usher was trying to get over there and true story it is it's like she stopped three-quarter lean and just started going like this and the pew went and she went and just sat on the ground the pew goes and i went i said did you? and people are like did you see that did you and i'm like yes i saw that and I was not the only one that saw that. So I'm like, I am not losing my mind. My friends, we serve a big God. And nothing can keep him. Man, he's big. 
He's so much deeper than any science. Sometimes, uh, turn to your neighbor and say, oh, God's big. Jesus talked in parables. The disciples asked him why. And he said, because I don't want them to really know what I'm talking about. And they said, what? He said, well, I want them to know what I'm talking about, but I don't want them to know unless they really want to know. And if they really want to know, they're going to come and really ask me. And then I'm going to tell them what I'm talking about. And then they'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what he's trying to do is he's, he's fishing. He's just saying, how many times have you told something somebody didn't really care about? And you just cast that stuff in front of them and they just kind of walked all over it. And to you, it was a big deal. To them, it's not a big deal. Can I tell you, the kingdom is a big deal. And Jesus is saying, man, I'm telling you, if you want what I got, come on. Then you got to come in. You're going to have to get up and you're going to have to do something to get to the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Now, he died for you, but it's the walk that costs you. You're going to have to say, okay, God, what is it? What do you want me to do? There's all kinds of things that, you know, Nicodemus, what's it mean to be born again? How's that going to happen? And Jesus is talking about the spirit. So he's able to pull him in and say, here's what I'm talking about. Personal testimonies are so powerful because they happen to you. No, you people can go, I don't believe that. I don't care whether you believe it or not. There'd be people here today go, I don't believe that pew just opened up. It doesn't matter to me whether you believe it or not, because I saw it happen. So I won't lose any sleep over that. I'm just telling you how big God is. You can go one plus one equals two. That's called the law or the theory of numbers. How many knows if you know that, you'll you'll balance your checkbook. If you believe that system, one and one does two. Cool. If you go, I don't believe that, you're not going to balance your checkbook. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. I believe so I might understand, not that I understand so I might believe. In other words, God, I'm going to trust you. I might not have all this, but that's faith. So I'm going to trust you and you're going to show me what I need to know. And you're going to explain that to me because now I'm under the shadow of the almighty. Come on, somebody. I'm under God's protection. I'm under God's shield. And when I'm under his shield, he, he, he instructs me. He keeps me safe. God created creatures just to worship. They only worship and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And when they say that, 24 elders fall flat down on their face and worship. God is so awesome. Did you know that no two snowflakes are alike? Identical twins are really not completely identical. There are differences. The list could go on and on. So what's happening sometimes in worship could be happening in heaven. And some things when people are getting healed and or they're feeling this or they're, they're sensing the presence and they just, God, I, I just got to get lower. I, I don't know. There's just some presence of you or whatever that is. Maybe things are getting set. In the same energy field somewhere else. On earth as it is in heaven. Here's our second thought this morning. He's larger than life. Job 26, 5 through 14. The dead tremble, those who live beneath the waters. The underworld is naked in God's presence. The place of destruction is uncovered. God stretches the northern sky over empty space. Hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps the rain in his thick clouds. And the clouds don't burst with the weight. He covers the face of the moon, shrouding it with his clouds. He created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set the boundary between day and night. The foundations of heaven tremble. They shudder at his rebuke. By his power, the sea grew calm. By his skill, he crushed the great sea monster. His spirit made the heavens beautiful. His power pierced the gliding serpent. These are just the beginning of all that he does. Merely a whisper 
of his power. Who then can compare to the thunder of his power? The NIV says it this way. These are the outer fringes of his works. Who can understand the thunder of his power? The living Bible states, these are the minor things he does. Merely a whisper of his power. Who can then withstand his thunder? The good news says, these are only hints of his power. Only the whispers we have heard. Who can know how truly great God is? If these are only the hints, if these are only the the small things, the fringes of his ways, then what must the substance be like? Think about this. The Bible says that his train, think of a train like a wedding gown, the big long train behind. If the train, this train fills the temple and the temple is large in heaven, my friends, then what was the robe like? I mean, God is big. What are we missing? Second Corinthians 8. 9 says this, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ through he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich. So we only know God in his poverty. We don't know him in his riches. He left heaven to come down here to save us. So we only know him in his poverty. We really don't know him in his glory. What are his attributes? And when we sum it all together, when we talk about that, we're still only talking about his poverty because we don't know the other. Only out of the word. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have a foretaste of our inheritance. Through the power of God and his spirit that's connected with us, that's how we can have a foretaste. If that's just a taste, if you can walk in divine health, if you can be prosperous, if you can have anointing and you can pray for the sick and they'll recover, if you can cast out demons in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, then what must everything else be like? Let's just look at some of the fringes or hints of his power for just a second. Do you have a minute? Do you have a second? The sun. God created it. The most significant expression in our solar system. Self-luminous celestial body consists of a mass of gas held together by its own gravity in which the energy generated by nuclear reactions in the interior is balanced by the outflow of the energy to that surface. It's big. You can't stand and stare at it long because it'll hurt your eyes. God created that. And if he made that, he's got to be bigger than that. The writer of Hebrews says the one that builds a house has greater honor than the house. God is bigger than his creation. Listen to the sun. One second of energy from the sun produces more energy than all mankind has produced since creation. It is our source of heat and light. It sustains life on earth. 92.5 to 93 million miles from the earth. 864,000 miles in diameter. If it was hollow, it could contain 1 million planets the size of the earth. 330 times the mass of the earth. Near its center, it's almost 29 million degrees. And the guy that measured that, he's dead. So he's, he can't do that anymore. So uh, it's, only average, it's an, only an average star or size star in our galaxy. And some stars in our galaxy are 100 times the size of the sun. There are 100 billion stars in our galaxy, not all of space, just our galaxy. Compared to the sun, it's a tiny speck in our galaxy. Our galaxy is part of the solar system, a group of hundreds of millions of stars orbiting around a center. 50 billion galaxies in our universe, and they're still counting. The largest known galaxy has about 13 times as many stars as the Milky Way. If you were to drive a car from Earth to Pluto at 65 miles an hour, it would take you 7,000 years to get there. Traveling at the speed of light, it would take you five hours. To go from one side of the galaxy to the other, even even traveling at the speed of light, would take you 100,000 years, and God made that. Somebody say he's big. I mean, and we're just talking, listen to me now, we're talking about the fringes. 
We're just talking about these little things. Our galaxy is one of 50 billion galaxies moving through space at 100 million miles an hour. There are 10 million trillion stars in space, more than all the sand on the seashore. If we were to divide between over 5.1 billion people, we would each get 2 trillion stars apiece. I can't even remember people's names, let alone if I had to name all the stars, but that's another story. 71% of the Earth's surface is covered with water with an average of depth of 16,000 feet. A thunder, a, a thunder clap is equal to a 20 kiloton nuclear warhead. It's an explosive sound produced by an ordinary lightning discharge. And lightning is a single lightning bolt. If we could harness that power, could sufficiently care for the power needs of a city of 100,000 people for four years. Lightning is flashing at least once a second somewhere in the world. They still call hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, acts of God. Even atheists call them acts of God. A tornado is a rotating column of air, usually accompanied by a funnel-shaped downward spiraling cloud. Just, you know what that... Okay. Having a vertex several hundreds of yards in diameter, whirling at speeds of up to 500 miles an hour and seems to be selective, likes trailer parks. Here's our third thought for this morning. Not only is he ginormous and not only is he big, he lives in you. This big God wants you. He lives in you. Isaiah said he calls all the stars by name. I have trouble remembering all you's names. I mean, I, I just have to. That's honest. I call my I don't know my sister's cat's names. I call them Leviticus and Spleen. I don't know what their names are. <laughs> the Bible says that God doesn't get weary. He gives power to the faint. His joy is my strength. They that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. We serve a big God church. Remember Jehoshaphat. He sent the praisers first. Now you could, you, you know, you, you're going to, boy, you're going to war. Hey, let's go down there. Let's, let's go down there. You know, you are going to think they're singing songs. Bad. Bad to the bone. Bad. But no, they sing something else because here's what we got to understand. The song isn't to stir the people up. The song is for him. The song is to stir him up. So while we are praising, it's not about us. It's about him. When we're praising, he's saying, that's it. That's it. Who's messing with you? I'm telling you, we got to start understanding God is a big God. So let me ask you this. What song are you singing when you're up against the wall? Are you singing the blues? My God done let me. I'm down on my face. What are you singing? What are you? I mean, why don't we start saying, God, God, you are great and you are greatly to be praised. Why don't we start changing our tune? And what would happen? I'm telling you, your circumstances were, would change because you're serving a big God. While you praise him, he's going to start taking care of business. So that could help us maybe in a little in praise and worship. Brett, I don't feel like praising. Brett, I, you don't know what my week is. I get it. We've all had bad weeks. But my friends, you're not here to praise you. You're here to praise him. Because in my weakness, he is strong. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So I'm going to praise him. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how I look. It matters because he's in charge. He's large and in charge. Give God a big hand clap for that. 
When we do our part, He always does His part. It's set in motion and the atmosphere in heaven. If we will just start understanding, God, this has never been about us. I know we've had tough times, but this has been about you. If we put Him first and start doing what He's called us to do, He's a big God. We can't make God bigger. How are you going to make God bigger? He's so big, you can't make Him bigger, but you can make Him bigger in you. You can let God have every part of you. God, get every bit of me. Help me to thirst for you more. Those things that are in the hidden place, God, you open me up and help me to say, yes, God. We got to talk big about him. Fifty-six times the Bible declares God to be the Almighty and no one else. Fifty-six times. He's bigger than anything he created. He can't go anywhere because he's already there. Think about it. Roll call anywhere you say, God, here. He can't go anywhere. He's already there. He's omnipresent. God isn't afraid of the devil. He's not up in heaven going, Oh, I bind you, devil. God's not doing that. He gave that authority to us. It is up to us to bind and loose. He gave us the keys to the kingdom. We need to walk what we talk. Our issue is is not as much what we have to do. It's what we believe. If we believe what we have to do, then things start happening. Prayer isn't just effective, but believing prayer is real effective. Come on. You've got to start believing what this word says. I believe that by his stripes I am healed. First Peter 2.24 says it's already done. I'm healed already. So then I've got to start believing that. Then, Father, then my body better line up. But, Brett, I've got symptoms. Then tell them symptoms to go. What are you singing? What are you telling your mountain? Jesus said you talk to the mountain. I'm waiting on the pastor. Then you're waiting too long. You talk to the mountain. It's your body. It's your temple for the Holy Ghost. Come on. Then let's start. Let's get this thing right. Let's speak to the mountain. If God can make the heavens, he can heal you. Is anything too hard for God? How many know that God's in charge? He's large and in charge, but you've got to give him those reins. You've got to submit to him, and then you've got to do what he says. Listen to me. If it's lost, he can find it. If it's broke, he can fix it. If it's dead, he can revive it. If it doesn't exist, he can create it, because we serve a big God. We've got to start speaking to these mountains. Quit telling God about our mountains. Start telling our mountain about our God. I'm going to challenge you this morning, and I'm just about to pray. I want to challenge you. You serve a big God. Quit trying to put him in a little box. Well, he'll do it for you and he won't do it for me. No, he'll do it for you. You just don't believe it. And that's why he's not doing it. It's not that he hasn't. He's already done it. Actually, you just don't receive it. Can I say that one more time? It's already done. You just don't receive it. You've got to receive it. You've got to say, you know what? If that word's true, then it's true. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. So, Father, if I'm supposed to be healed, according to you, it's done. If I ask God, God, why I'm not healed? He's going to be like, what do you mean, why aren't you healed? You're healed. Do you receive it? Listen how quiet it is. But that's where it comes down to. God, I believe it. You might have to walk some symptoms and walk them down the old lonely road of get off my body. How many know what I'm talking about? But the symptoms keep trying to come up. Oh, I'm depressed. Well, you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, I'm never going to make it. Well, my God says he'll supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And I'm just going to start fighting with the word. I'm going to start telling my mountain. What song are you singing? Start exercising your big God because I'm telling you, man. Listen, faith is a servant. Listen to what I'm saying and then I'm closing. Faith is a spirit. 
and faith is a servant. You have to send faith to do the work. That's really good. You should say that one more time. Thank you. Faith is a servant. You're going to have to send faith out to do the work. Because faith without works is dead. So you've got to believe before you see. And that's when it happens. And you know it's already happened. So that's when you see it. And the enemy's going to come in and go, you need to doubt that. Jesse Duplantis says this, doubt his doubt. And I'm like, what? But listen to what I'm saying. And when he tells you to doubt, I doubt that. Doubt his doubt. And start saying, you know what? I have faith. Of course, according to that word, I have faith. I serve a big God. My God said he'll supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I don't have to look for man to supply my needs. Father, my body, according to your word, you want divine health for me. So, God, I speak that. I talk to my body. I'm going to walk that thing out. Any sickness, any disease, any infirmity on my body dies instantly. God, I have all the energy I need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My children are taught of the Lord. Great is their peace. My house shall be, be prosperous. Do you know the Bible says you should have a prosperous house? Man, let's believe that stuff. Either this is what we do. I'm going to believe this, but I'm not going to believe that. You got to believe the whole thing. Because every bit of the word of God is true. Give your neighbor a high five, stand your feet, bow your head, close your eyes.